The New Zealand Church and COVID. What's been the experience of the New Zealand Church during the lockdowns and events of the past two years? And how are New Zealand pastors feeling about the state of the church today? Hello, I'm Brent Siddle, and welcome to the God's Story podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by three New Zealand pastors, uh, my co-host, Rido Ian Reid of King's Grace Presbyterian Church, Palmerston North, New Zealand, by Mark Smith, the pastor of Grace Napier, and by Rob uh, Morton, one of the leaders of Heratonga Community Church and soon to be head of the TIM training course in Christchurch. Three pastors from three different backgrounds. Gentlemen, hello to you all. Morning. Good. Hello. People might be listening to this at any time, so we'll just say hello. Now, before we come on to explore how COVID and the lockdowns affected all three of you, can you just each briefly describe what where your churches and ministries were at where the pandemic hit? I think, Rob, I might start with you because you were church. I think I'm told you were about to church plant as the pandemic hit. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We'd been planning for about a year and a half to uh, plant Hedatonga Community Church. There's a group of about uh, 11 adults. We had 11 kids, um, and we were set to start uh, just after Easter 2020. And then, of course, the lockdowns happened. So our grand launch was put off uh, by at least a couple of months. Yeah, that's that's a difficult situation to deal with. Mark, what about you? Where were you at when the when the pandemic hit? Yeah, so initially we were um, uh, we had been renting a, another church facility and uh, that had been going really well, uh, and then we just had to transition um, uh, into 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 uh, with lockdown and things like that. But then I think halfway through it changed again, and we were into a new facility, and that that changed things again for us. So yeah, yeah, disrupting. Rido, what about you? Where were you in Palmerston North there? Yeah, I think the the church had been in a reasonably stable place. I'd, I'd taken over uh, as the pastor about nine months before that, so I was still reasonably fresh um, kind of at that time. And then, but ch- the church as a whole it was, was doing pretty well. Yeah. Can we, Ian, can I ask you, uh, can we briefly describe what lockdown and COVID was like in New Zealand? And uh, Mark and Rob, join in if you wish to add things. But uh, Ian, if I can get you just to briefly describe what, lockdown was like in New Zealand because I think our our experience of uh, uh, the pandemic was slightly different from in other countries wasn't it yeah and I can't remember how long did the first one last for it was well I, I've, was I've, ma- I've made weeks, some notes. Or it? it was it was uh, I've made I've made some notes from Wikipedia and the dates I've got the first lockdown was from the 26th of March 2020 to about the 23rd of May and the second one was about August 21st and into December for Auckland. And then Auckland, I think, had two separate lockdowns, separate to the rest of the country. That's what um, this article is telling me. So I'm, a, I'm open to correction. But but basically, they were stay-at-home orders. So we couldn't meet at church. No one could go to work. Uh, and basically, all you could do was go to the shops and within a limited radius, uh, exercise outdoors. So there was mm-hmm. kind of, you couldn't, weren't allowed to see anyone, not even your neighbours. Or your own yeah, family, really... if you live. Or your own family, if you. Yeah, live, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think we, you couldn't travel. You couldn't journey to exercise uh, at a at a long distance from your home, if I remember rightly. No, you couldn't uh, travel more than five kilometres. I got yelled at by. I went cycling, <laughs> not close to my home. And this guy came up beside me who was on a bike going to work and started yelling at me for <laughs> telling me to go home. Um, that was that was a fun experience that one, but um, <laughs> I, was, I just yeah. 
anyway, I just, I just kept going. <laughs> being, being a good Aussie, you just ignored it. Yeah, absolutely right. Exactly. Right. Uh, what about, what about um, Mark and Rob? How are you? How were both of you personally affected by the physical lockdown? Both as pastors and as, as just as people. Oh, I think so. As a pastor, it was um, a bit of a sharp learning curve of how to use technology, and and then also how to get people up to speed with um, with what it was going to look like. Uh, and I do think I think the first one was a little bit of a novelty for everyone, and and the and the just what does this mean? What does this look like? Um, so I think from that point of view, the the first one initially anyway was it was a challenge um, to getting the technology ready and and just getting 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 sort of what does this what does it all mean? What does it look like? Not expecting it yet, hoping it would go away quickly, sort of thing. Yeah, Rob, what about you? Your experience? Yeah, I must say that I didn't. Uh didn't enjoy it very much um although my wife did she, she loved lockdown she some people wanted to loved, go back to some it some people love lockdown and didn't want to come didn't ever want to emerge from their homes again yeah well the, the problem we had was we had all four of our kids come back at that point and uh were living with us so lockdown was six of us jammed in a small house um so it, i didn't feel as isolated as as i could have but yeah i i think it was just it, it was not knowing particularly at that point, how long the lockdowns were going to go on. And, and because we were looking to to plant the church, we had almost a, a goal in mind. And to just see it keep shifting further and further away was quite difficult. I think people in our church uh, missed seeing each other. Technology was great. We all learned how to use Zoom and all these other things, but um, it's not the same as seeing seeing people in, in person um, and getting together. So, yep, it, it was a thing. I'd be happy not to go back to it. I mean, brother, let's hope we never have to go back to it. How did you all pastor congregational members during this time? Did you do lots of one-on-one Zoom calls or did you do small meetings or did you use the phone or how did you stay in touch with your your congregations? Mark, do you want to start? Yeah, so so um, we did, you know, did things like Zoom, um, home groups and uh, things like that through, you know, obviously we're a reasonably small church so it was relatively easy for us to be able to manage some of those things the complicated and some of the complication was those people who were emergency workers or health workers or or business owners a lot of them were flat out and and trying to organize the logistics for them and that was uh, very hard to pass to them through that even though they're under enormous pressure so so there's some real there was some pastoral challenges ar- around the the whole technology not connection no physical connection things like that yeah yeah Ian, what yeah, did we you we had sorry we, we had a um, a number of uh, kind of pastoral issues that had popped up uh, during that time and um, they'd been bubbling along in the background but the kind of the, the lockdowns really forced them to the to the surface and so trying to pastor people with, with without being able to get others together was really really challenging so you kind of have a conversation over here with someone and another conversation over there and um, really what they needed was just to sit down together and, and talk, but that was, that just wasn't possible. Yeah, so that was, we found that really challenging. I, I just found it, the, the technology was just stressful. <laughs> kind of trying, yeah. trying to, you know, you preach a sermon, getting that together, you know, get, just getting everything, you know, kind of getting songs together and all those types of things. It just it took up so much of the week. I mean, you've got kids at home, you, you're trying to uh, school them or, you know, kind of just look after them. The whole thing was just it was hard going, yeah. Yes, Rob. Did you find that the pandemic and the other, the two the other two of you two did you find that the pandemic exacerbated underlying pastoral problems that had been simmering away for for a long time? 
Certainly, if you're having issues with your family, being stuck inside with them for a few weeks doesn't <laughs> doesn't help very much. I think one of the things that it highlighted for us was how good connections were. So if someone was a little bit on the fringe of church life and they were hard to get hold of or people didn't quite know, you know, how, how to get in touch with them, um, it was very easy for them to to drift away. Um, people who were struggling with loneliness yeah. um, before it happened, particularly people who live on their own, uh, that was just a whole lot worse. So, yeah, we would have our Sunday morning do what we could over Zoom sort of thing. Uh, singing is terrible over Zoom. We learned that the first week. Uh, the old delay doesn't help very much. But, um, you know, it, if anything, we tried to perhaps do a little bit more. We did some extra training nights on Zoom and some extra Bible studies because for some of our folk, um, they really felt the isolation and probably needed something extra. For others of us, we were on Zoom so much with work or with schoolwork and that sort of thing that we were just thoroughly sick of it, didn't want anything else. So, yeah, it was difficult trying to work out who who needed more support and actually who was just a bit overwhelmed and just needed a bit of space. I think one of the, the brilliant things that the church worldwide did during lockdown, from my humble point of view, was the, the digital innovation and strategy that I saw happening. And certain pastors suddenly were doing really creative things like you were doing, or three of you I know were doing. Uh, would you continue and are you continuing to use online church and engagement as a digital strategy now? We're still um, doing um, yeah, live streaming and stuff like that, mainly for those that are um, sick or in again. Um, there's still people affected with COVID and stuff like that, uh, even just recently. So, so yeah, just for those that are sick and those that are um, isolating for whatever reason, um, to have that as available. I know one person in our congregation did mention one of the the third Sunday sort of bag was just saying about how much online Christian content there was during that lockdown period, which is really quite exciting in some ways. Yes, I think I think the church did a great job of innovating and making making something really positive out of a terrible situation. Yeah. Okay, guys, what happened then? At some point, the churches in New Zealand were allowed to reopen, but we had all and you had all sorts of problems with physical limitations and space and numbers and social distancing. Tell us about some of that, Ian. Do you want to start on that one? Yeah. So after the was it the second lockdown and kind of the, towards the end of last year, the, we were limited in how many numbers we could have um and so i think at one point we were limited to 50 then i went to 25 and then it depended on whether you had a vaccine pass or not but you could you know, kind of have more uh, and so there were some really tricky uh, things for churches to kind of work through uh, around that particularly if you're renting spaces from from other from other people and they were enforcing some of those things there was there were just some really hard things to kind of work through as churches uh, and it caused uh, it was really stressful for anyone in leadership, uh, but it caused huge problems. I think across churches uh, as people disagreed and um, yeah, kind of thought th saw things differently. Yes, I wanted to ask you how ask all three of you how you each responded to the vaccine mandates. Mark, do you want to go first? Yeah, so us in Grace Navy, we're again relatively small church, so we. Um, basically just did 25 um, in different groups and didn't do a vaccine pass. And uh, and so we could have a live uh, place where we normally met. We'd, we'd recorded there and then sent out to different groups um, uh, and individuals that were around. So so for us, there wasn't, uh, well, you know, we, we just did that because we didn't want to make a limitation on people coming. But again, it's really complex because um, you know, visitors coming, you're working out who's who's, who's visiting. Um, do you advertise your services? Um, do you just advertise online? 
and, and if you're a larger church, man, it's just the complexity just is just a whole lot more difficult, I think. Yeah, Ian, what did you guys do? Yeah, we're similar in a similar space. We we are smaller, so we ran multiple services, but um, that, that that was okay. I mean, it was it was hard enough. You got to preach a few times, and uh, the music team has to has to kind of stay around for a bit longer. But I do know some bigger churches who did that as well. They just ran four or five, you know, or even six services during the day, and, and just kind of um, kept, you know, kind of tried tried to do it as best as they could. Uh, but I think, yeah, for us, we are in our own building. We're a smaller church. It was some of those decisions were, were probably a little bit easier than, than some other places. Rob, but how? When did you get your church plant finally get your church plant up and running? And how were you affected by the whole vaccine mandate business? Yeah, so we started about June or July of 2020 after we got out of the first lockdown to level two or whatever system we were on then. We we made a decision that we wouldn't uh, limit ourselves to only people who'd, who'd been vaccinated, which meant that we had to have the numbers restrictions. So at one point we were down to, you could only have 25, which for a new church plant that started at 22 or whatever we were, was actually not a problem. At, at that stage, we were probably getting a, 30, 35 people coming along. So what we decided to do was ask two families every week to meet up uh, together at home and we would live stream our service to them and the rest of us would all meet together. And that was partly because if, if let's say, a family wanted to visit us that week from the community, we didn't want to say, oh, look, actually we are at 25, so no home you go. We wanted to give ourselves a little bit of room um, for visitors to come along. Some churches up the road from us um, would only have services for vaccinated people. So we'd end up with one or two people from other churches visiting, saying, well, my own church says I can't come because they haven't been vaccinated. Uh, and that was a tricky, messy issue because, yeah. um, you know, none of us want to take people from other churches. But when folks weren't able to meet with their own congregations because they weren't vaccinated and they were looking for somewhere to go, you suddenly had to start thinking about how we're going to deal with that. Yeah, I wonder how people in the Congress, come on to talk about how it all affected you, you through the three of you personally in a minute, but how were people in your congregations affected by the mandates, by the lockdowns, by the restrictions? And what sort of pastoral issues did you end up regularly dealing with? Uh, well, I think it's fair to say there'd be a variety of uh, different um, opinions on 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 this. And and that became the, the hard thing again for us because we didn't have any restrictions on uh, whether you're vaccinated or not is a little bit simpler, but I think different different people definitely um, disagreed. Um, uh, on the other end, of wanting it to be vaccinated, wanting to be keep safe, and things like that. So I think there's a whole lot of whole range of different views and stuff like that, and for various reasons, and 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 just trying to navigate that and love and and compassion was uh, pretty challenging at different times. Mm. Uh, Ian, we kind of tried our hardest just to constantly talk about unity and so every Sunday or you know in all our communication we talked about unity that these things should is not these are um, gospel issues that, that should divide us these are things uh, that should unite us and we need to firstly work hard at understanding each other but also be compassionate to particularly people people lost their jobs and for decisions that they made and you know even if you don't agree with their position as a brother or sister you need we need to compassionately care for them yeah Rob, yeah, we um, I, I I think I'm thankful that we sort of came out the other end of it as a as a group, uh, still together, still united. There are some 
different views on uh, the mandates and, and you know how helpful they were. But I think we made a conscious decision, those of us who were leaders, that we were just really not going to talk about this. And and even there were some times when I would pull people aside in the congregation and say, hey, look, you know, this seems to be really upsetting for you, but uh, this is not something we want to be constantly talking about and asking other people what they think. And and uh, in some ways I'm, I'm thankful that we did that because I, I do know of churches where whatever side of the decision or, or the, the argument they came down on, um, they really spent two years talking about the government mandates and COVID and really lost focus on some other things that we might like to talk about as churches, like the gospel, like how we're going to reach the community, that sort of thing. And and talking about COVID and vaccines almost became their main theme for a number of years. And I don't think that's always been helpful. Mm. Yes, there was a lot of division and a lot of difficulty um, through through the whole period. Um, I remember it well. What has the last two years revealed about the New Zealand church, do you think? Not good things. N- not good things, did you say, Ian? <laughs> no. I'll, I'll let other, Elaborate, that, please. That, no, 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 I'll let the other people elaborate on <laughs> Okay, Rob or Mark? Yeah, yeah so... not, not good things about Ian's church, obviously. What are you talking about, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think one of the things, and, and, you know, I can say this being in a smaller church at the moment, I think in some ways life was a lot easier for smaller churches. I, I think big churches really had some big issues to work through, and uh, and many of them did that very well. But I do wonder if for some Christians they started to realise actually it's not all bad being a small church, and there are some advantages and benefits of being smaller not just when you have to pivot and change when mandates and things like that happen but in terms of keeping in touch with people gathering as communities really getting to know and support people on a pastoral level um, being being small isn't all always bad yeah i wonder whether we learnt the importance of small group work too uh, and particularly using innovative digital technologies to facilitate small group work would you agree all three of you yes no Yes. Uh, yes. Yes, in a sense, I think um, definitely the the use of Zoom and other things became uh, more prevalent and and in doing meetings. But I do think also that we saw the limitations of that as well yeah. in the sense oh, that sure. people needed to be together, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and some people still struggle. Like, so there's a social um, anxiety. I think that some when they live in the digital world struggle to get back into community, uh, and and fears can can grow and um, through that. Yes, I think we've all learnt the importance of community as a result of this two years on. What's it? Did you, can I ask all three of you, did you lose, if I can put it like this, did members of the congregation simply stop coming to church because of the whole fear of, I mean, I know they did, but because of the whole fear of the COVID thing and has has attendance picked up from what it was? Did it, were you seriously affected by that problem, or did it not did it not happen to you at all? We 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 had some folk who transitioned um, to other churches because of different views um, during that time, and we received others that transitioned because of the the views. So there has been a little bit of that. I know different other churches in Napier have experienced a lot of that as well, and that's been uh, you know a, yeah, there's just a whole lot of different reasons why that 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 that's been it's been challenging working through those sort of things, and then you have other people who transition not necessarily because of the COVID thing, because of other issues and stuff like that, that they perceive or not perceive. So, yeah. Rob, your thoughts about that one? Yeah, I mean, because of where we were in our life cycle as a church, we didn't 
really lose anyone. We were still pretty much the the core committed team at that point. We we picked up some uh, who who weren't able to go to their own church. I, I yeah, I mean the the church that that we were in before, uh, they had a number staying away because their the congregation. I mean, a third of the congregation we're in in our last church was probably over sixty, almost over seventy, mm-hmm. um, and so you had people who you know knew that they were quite vulnerable if, if if there were health issues going on they stayed away during covid and uh i was just chatting to another church leader friend of mine who said you know two or three years later people are just in the habit of not coming and and perhaps that started out as a fear of the pandemic and it, it may still be that or it may just be a new habit yeah how has how has uh, the whole pandemic affected uh, your church cultures do you think all three of you or has it affected your church culture? If so, how, Mark? Yeah, so I think now I think we're almost back to where we were as far as just the relationships and and people getting involved as as it was beforehand. Uh, definitely under the the traffic light system, it became very complicated just trying to trying to work out different things. Um, so yeah, I think now, but yeah, it is. It definitely was very unsettling for a lot, uh, especially when people are losing jobs. You have people who are over overworked and just overwhelmed, um, just with just with trying to organize their own staff in, in their workplace. Uh, and then you got people who are ill. So you, there was a lot of things going on that were um, very challenging for us as a community. And then especially when you couldn't even meet. That being said, um, being in Auckland with the longer lockdowns, um, I think it just, you know, talked to pastors there and they just said, it was, they, they said it was people who are just distraught after so long in isolation. So were um, you, um, all three of you attending a lot of funerals during this time? Of folk who would who would we didn't have a lot of deaths in New Zealand initially, did we? More recently, probably. Were you attending more funerals during this period than you normally would, or taking more funerals than you normally would? No, I'm, I'm getting shakes of the head. So no, none of you. <laughs> no, we we uh, do a rest home service each week, and um, after the second lockdown, when we went, well, they were locked down for a lot longer. That there were. A lot of people passed away after that, but in the general in the general kind of congregation, no. But more in the in the very elderly uh, kind of yeah kind of age group, there were. This not, was because we should explain to it because there'll be people listening overseas, lots and lots of folk overseas. We should explain that because of our lockdown initially, the country was locked down. We didn't see the level of deaths that, for example, our brothers and sisters saw in the United States or in England, did we? We were very much isolated and COVID was kind of kept out really until the last, what, six months, eight months? Yeah, maybe, maybe kind of the beginning of this year-ish, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was, when they opened March. everything up. Yeah, and then the numbers, mm-hmm. the, the deaths started climbing, yeah. Uh, how, who pastored you? Who pastored all three of you? Who, who, were you? who looked after you and your health and your sanity while you were going through this really stressful time? Long um, for us, we, you know, because, and as you said in your introduction, I'm, I'm one of the leaders. Uh, we were conscious when we started the church of wanting to have more than one leader, and we were able to do that. So uh, I've been leading with with a friend of mine and, and some others. So we would sort of look out for each other and, and share the load of what was going on. But, yeah, I mean, again, it probably highlights an issue that pastors have with or without a pandemic, which is, do we have friends and people who you know check up on us and hold us accountable and that sort of thing? 
And if not, they probably didn't magically appear during the pandemic. No. And if so, they still exist. But um, certainly, you know, we were all in it together. We we're all going through the same stuff. And so having others in a leadership team who could share the load and you could uh, let some steam off to on the phone or whatever if you needed to was was helpful. Oh, that's good. Mark, You, how did, who, who supported yeah, so you? Yeah, because we, um, not a wider um, church network is a, Christ Presbyterian Church, we had some other connections through that. Um, but also even the local the local pastors um, here in Napier, we had a, um, a Zoom online um, thing during the thing uh, during the pandemic. I think it was, I don't know if it was weekly, but it was definitely reasonably often and just, just catching up how everyone was doing and stuff like that. So we were able to chat how everyone was surviving through through their scenarios and situations. So. Awesome. Rido. I, I just complained to my elders. They're great. <laughs> They probably had enough of me by the end. <laughs> yeah, we tried, we no, tried to look after. We tried to look after you, Rido, during it. It was very. It was. It was impossible, really, for all, all, all any pastor or for all of us. It was just such, so difficult, wasn't it? Um, final question: As we were slowly running out of time, where to? Where do we go now? What has the church learnt from the last two years? What can we take from this? Where are we heading? Rob, do you want to start? Yeah. I... I'm always reluctant to look into the future because I think in 2019, if you'd asked me about the future, I wouldn't have mentioned a worldwide pandemic that, that kind of ruined everything. So I, I hope, and I'm not sure this is true or not, I, I suspect a lot of churches are trying to bounce back to what they were in 2019, but um, I, I think there were opportunities throughout the pandemic for actually for more people to step up and into into leadership and into serving, particularly when churches had to split up into smaller groups mm. or um, we needed to share pastoral care around. I think there's opportunities for people to uh, step up and take on ministry that they hadn't before. And I think I would like to see us learn a lesson from that and carry on with that, um, that it's not about just trying to be, you know, bigger and bigger churches, let's say, and just have the same few people up the front, but actually... Um, helping more people to step up in ministry and in service, um, being able to look after, as we've said, small groups, home groups, um, small fellowships, churches getting together. I hope that's a bit of a change that we see, um, whether it is or not, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think COVID really facilitated small groups and smaller churches. There's no two ways about that. And I think the small churches did brilliantly. Mark, your thoughts? Well, yeah, so I, I think like looking into the, to the future, I, I do think, that uh, the thing I'd love to see anyway is that that Christian leadership um, for the country in the sense is becomes an element of stability and hope and in prayer rather than you know just anxiety and, and and frustration and things like that. So I do think as Christians we do need to, be able to respond better. I think than than um, you know and even just how we respond to our government whether we agree with them or not, but just in a way that shows a confidence in God rather than looking to the government to solve our problems and stuff like that but yeah i think i think i think rob's right i think we need to as a church to be focused we we tried to identify with the um the um persecuted church during the times of lockdown saying you know if we think this is bad just think of what it's like to be in iran or in sure. um in china as christians and just identify with our other brothers and sisters around the world um in other scenarios and situations so uh yeah, so christianity sure. is very much how we connect and love one another rather than just the big the big church once a week attendance that sort of thing yeah ian final thoughts as we close yeah i think one of the big things i was exposed whether it's in me or in the church in general is that all that's shiny is probably not 
gold um, in the church and that actually what we need to do is refocus on who we are as the church, that it's God's gathered community, you know, worship, worshiping Jesus, uh, you know, with his word open and loving each other well. And I, and I think that that's the big thing that, that we've been talking about as a church is we just need to get on being the church, just loving each other, looking out for one another, calling other people to that same vision, uh, you know, kind of who are outside the church and just getting getting on with that rather than thinking about what is what's the big thing, what's the next big thing we can do or what's the, the new program that we can add, just how do we love each other well, how do we keep united and focused on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Ian Reid, my co-host, King's Grace Presbyterian Church, Palmerston, North New Zealand, Mark Smith, pastor of Grace Napier, and Rob Morton, one of the leaders of Heratonga Community Church and soon to be head of the TIM training course in Christchurch. Gentlemen, bless you and thank you so much for sharing. Uh, And thank you to our uh, creative team at Liquid Edge who sponsor this podcast and who take care of things behind the scenes. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Thanks. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the God Story Podcast. If you want to help us make more great episodes like this one, you can head over to our Patreon page and become a God Story Podcast supporter. You'll receive our undying gratitude, plus a few bonus goodies for your ongoing support. Just visit patreon.com slash godstorypodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash godstorypodcast. As always, you can get in touch with us via our website, godstorypodcast.com.